Hi, everybody, and welcome to the AS Natural Health Podcast. I'm Michael Eisner. Today we have Jody <laughs> D'Anafrio. Jody D'Anafrio, I've been working on her last name. Uh, she's 28. She grew up in western Pennsylvania in a very out Wenzel <laughs> western <laughs> Pennsylvania. I'm gonna, I think I blew past that really fast, so... Anyway, Western Pennsylvania, in a very outdoorsy, rustic, business-oriented family. She was a very competitive athlete, a serious weightlifter. She has been always very connected to animals and nature. She studied at Penn State University for seven years. It's a long time. It was a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> Undergraduate degree in speech-language pathology, graduate degree in applied behavioral analysis and special education. She is a yoga and meditation teacher. I'm a yoga teacher. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm a yoga teacher. I like to learn how to teach uh, meditation, too. I've been thinking about that lately. We'll okay. talk about that another time. Um, with her education, there are many career options, but she misses being involved with coaching people with autoimmune complications. She also has an AS diagnosis and recovered from it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And she intends to make coaching um, her main focus moving forward. So great to have you, Jody. Very Thank excited. you. Mike. It's great to be here. Yes. Um, so um, we talked about in, in August, and you helped me kind of get ideas for how to, um, I guess, set up the podcast. So I'm very grateful and happy to have you here now. Cool. That's great to hear. Wonderful. Um, so let's start right with what you were like before your symptoms began. Okay. So, uh, Jody pre-AS symptoms, uh, in addition to a lot of things you already touched on, uh, personality-wise, I was the very gentle-mannered, token nice girl, uh, people-pleaser, grade-A people-pleaser. Um, and, uh, I really didn't speak up for myself. Uh, I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of good friends who would speak up for me at times if I really needed it. But, uh, I, it took a long time for me to learn to do that myself. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) Um, and how old were you when symptoms began? I was about twenty twenty one. I know I'm pretty sure I was a junior in undergrad. Okay. So a lot more. A lot of my uh, anxious, my anxious tendencies that I already had before were definitely uh, getting worse. Um, right, amplified. Yes. As yeah. pain started to kick in. Yeah. Right. Um. And what age were you diagnosed? I believe it was five years later, so I was about, I, I was around 25, um, still in school, and uh, that was, I remember, I mean, after five years of this uh, mystery illness, we'll call it, you know, the, of, of it being labeled, um, I was really happy to have a name put on it. Everyone else was terrified, but to me... It was a starting point of a new chapter of what I could 
potentially make changes for and improve on and whatnot too. So diagnosis for me was actually um, an exciting day. Okay. As often as it sounds. No, I, I get it. That's, I kind of felt relieved, too, mm-hmm. um, that I knew it was at least something that uh, was uh, quantifiable or you could do something with, uh, though, yes. you know. Uh, so tell me about uh, a bit about your history. Like, uh, what was it like when the symptoms began? What exactly were the symptoms? Mm-hmm. How bad did things get for you? Sure. Um to start, it was a lot of odd pain. When I'd go to the gym, I would leave uh, with pain in various places, and I didn't understand why to the point. And then I started experiencing issues with my nerves, and that was really scary um, on a whole new level. Uh, so that was concerning, and uh, eventually stopped going to the gym, and uh, that's when I started getting into yoga. Um, so I thought maybe that was a better option for that time in my life and um just slowly being able to do less um naturally so I never quite slowed down I think that's something that I had um in my that I did that uh favored me getting better is I stayed I did stay active um but just the way I did things had to be adjusted even in yoga I was always doing modifications and um, eventually I was limited to even getting to the yoga studio. I wasn't able to walk to campus. Um, I wasn't able to drive home. I remember at a time when my parents had to meet me halfway and I only lived, I didn't even live three hours from school. Um, but I couldn't make that drive. And like you couldn't, you couldn't drive that long. They'd have to meet you halfway and, and then my, both my parents would drive in their car we would meet halfway. We met halfway at one point. I think this was this was one particular time. I must have had a flare-up or something. And we met halfway, and they drove the rest of the distance because that's as far as I could get. Um, as I was so stiff. Right. And, uh, huh. and then the, from there, it was just flare, various time, flare-ups at times. And um, nausea was a big thing for me from the... I, and I was spending a lot of time in the bathroom because of that. Um, right. You told me a story about how you were on the floor. Um, you couldn't get back to your bed. Yes. Yes, I was. I don't remember if I had a roommate at the time, but I was home alone. Um, and I was so sick that I wouldn't. I, I knew I wasn't done in the bathroom. And I couldn't get back to the bed. Even if I could have gotten back to the bed, I wasn't confident in making it back to the bathroom by the time I needed to, you know, you do whatever you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know like (laughs) people don't don't need to hear that. Right. (laughs) But but yeah, so I, um, because you were in so much pain, you were stiff in pain, couldn't move physically. Yeah, it was both. It was, um, at one point, one of the doctors had told me that that was more common in women, for, and they didn't know why. That's just all they knew at the time. That's all they could really get, tell me. But um, yeah, I think because I think for me that showed because I had lived in chronic pain for so long, um, because I also had chronic pain 
in other uh, from other injuries before the AS started. I had uh, chronic pain with my knees for years from a car accident. So at that point, I almost I don't know if I had just stopped listening to uh, pain signals. Um, but I wasn't really feeling pain anymore. And so when my body wanted me to slow down, it kind of skipped over the pain signals and I would be sick first sometimes. Mm. Uh, and then the pain would follow. It was, it's just amazing how the body adapts to communicate with you right? Um, when it wants something to change. And I, Jody, I'm sorry. I have to ask. Like, and I know it's kind of embarrassing. You don't have to answer, but I think for some people, maybe it's important because I know that irritable bowel syndrome and colitis and Crohn's is related to AS. So was it that or were you was not, you were nauseous and you had to throw up? Oh, I was throwing up. Okay. All right. Just had to clear that up. Yeah, sure. Totally. No, that's a good question. Um, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Uh, for me, I was, I was throwing up a lot and, um. Sometimes it would hit me pretty fast. Like I said, I wouldn't really know when it was coming because I didn't realize when I would be in so much pain um, because I'd just gotten so used to it. I, and so I would end up in the bathroom and I would be sore and stiff, and uh, it was just easier for me to lay there. And my dog would lay on the floor with me and until morning. Right. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> Glad he was there. Right, no kidding. I'm glad that you had that companion too. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, what did you try uh, when you were diagnosed? Did they give you um, medication? Did you try diets? Like you said, yoga. You did exercise. Yeah, a lot of medication. Uh, a lot of pain medication. Like what? Um. I- Oxycodone, Dilaudid. Um, I remember at one point taking, and my and my doctors were aware of this. I would take oxycodone and Dilaudid at the same time, and Dilaudid from is seven and a half times stronger than morphine. And I am not a big human being, um, and. It, I never even felt, people would ask me if I ever felt high, and I, I didn't. And I think it was just because of the, the magnitude of how much pain I was in. Wow. Um, and so that's, and my uh, doctor at home, she, she would try various things of that nature, but she was pretty, she was pretty conscious about it, and I'm really grateful for that. She, um, she did try to, we did try a, and uh, depression medication at one point um, to see if that was contributing to any of my pain as well. And they, they say depression hurts, and so she wanted to see if that's something we could relieve. And that that didn't last long. <laughs> I took that for maybe two weeks, um, and I called. And I she I love her. She is uh, a, she's a boss. She's an integrative doctor. She's very aware of holistic methods and uh i called her and i said can you leave can you leave a message for dr michelle uh i've stopped caring about everything on this medication <laughs> like, oh my god i just like i stopped washing dishes i stopped cleaning my apartment i just didn't care about any of it or anything and i was like this this isn't this isn't gonna work i'm not gonna graduate if i stay on this medication right. yeah no kidding so she wanted me to try it for a little longer but um 
that wasn't something I was concerned about. I was, I was in a really lucky place to, to be pretty mindful of the way all these different things would affect me. Um, also grateful for that. And I did the no starch diet for a few months. Um, and that definitely helped, uh, as in terms of, I would say coping. Um, it did cut down on pain. I would notice more pain if I did eat starch at that time. But, um, when I did, it was a very long time ago when I did it. And, um, luckily, you know, at that time, I think Ralph was still not no starch, but he told me that this is temporary. Mm. So I went into it with that mindset. Um, and I knew, so that helped me be prepared to end it at, at some point. And I, th- again, I think it was three months and one day I thought, I just felt like I was done. I didn't need it anymore. And I went out and ate six, five or six cinnamon rolls the next day and felt fantastic. So that's, uh, I'm, that was pretty, that was pretty cool because I see a lot of people get stuck in the diets. Diets, right. Forward. Okay. Well, let's, let's get into, uh, I have a couple questions before we get into how, how you came to that, that, uh, that bravery or that choice to switch and get out of the, uh, the no starch diet. Cause that for okay. me was a huge hang up for me. I think okay. it's really brave to just do that. One question. Um, was it your rheumatologist that prescribed the opiates? No. That was a doctor before you were, you were diagnosed. Yes. That was, um, orthopedic doctor. Okay. Um, did they they were great. I really enjoyed them. Okay. <laughs> they were great because I think that's important to say sometimes. Um, oh yeah, I think yeah, that is important to say for sure. Yeah. You- it's it's a it's a messy relationship, um, and uh, I think when you when I like so I like to point out when I have run across really mindful and considerate doctors, and they they were definitely one of them. Thank you for saying that. I agree. I think that's important to point out for sure. What did your rheumatologist prescribe you, and were you on anything? I actually didn't have to mess with the rheumatologist much. Okay. Um, I didn't want to be put on that medication. Um, I By the time I heard the words AS and then was waiting to see more doctors, I came across Ralph. Okay. So... It was really nice timing that, oh, wait, this sounds like a better route to go. Wow. Ralph Ruiz. Ralph Ruiz. Yes, Ralph Ruiz. (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite humans. One of my favorite humans on the face of this earth. Um, So that was a, yeah, I had stopped looking into articles and stuff online for some time um, because it was so heavy. So, so such heavy material to read. Um, but he just, an article that he wrote just showed up on my newsfeed on Facebook one day. Um, and I thought, Oh, personal trainer. Okay. He's got an idea what's going on. He lives in New York. Okay. He probably knows his stuff. And I was hooked. I was like, Oh man, I'm, I'm gonna, I, and I would just start, I used to, 
listen to TED Talks a lot when I was icing and during um, flare-ups, and I just started listening to all of Ralph's materials and connecting with him. And I never had to be put on any of the more serious stuff. because wow, that's incredible timing for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So wonderful. So mm -hmm. um, he did he – okay, so he talked about the non-starch diet – and he also talked about how it was temporary. Did he encourage you to get off it when you did? Um, I think I think you could say he planted the seed of that mindset. But um, no, I just I guess it's just something I felt. Hmm. Okay. And I knew it was it was time, and that I could move forward from it. That's amazing. It was, yeah, it was. It's. It's a. It shows how important your belief systems are. I uh, absolutely, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about what worked from you for you. How did you get from being in so much pain on um, opiates, uh, not being able to go to the bathroom, make it to the washroom, being <laughs> nauseous, being in pain, stiff. How did you get out of that naturally mm. to the point where you are today? What really? It's, it was a, it was a process. Um, at that point, we didn't quite know everything that we know now. Um, whereas, you know, now I know we don't have to do the dieting now you know, whatnot. But I think it was a great combination that worked for me and it was, and many others, but it, it kind of revealed itself in time. And I was, you know, those pointers I took from Ralph were to get a personal trainer to get back in the gym and get my body moving again. And what was important about a, having a personal trainer was they could watch me. They could guide me and make sure that I wasn't doing something that my body wasn't ready to do again yet. Um, staying safe, really proper forms, the things that everyone should be doing. Um, but at that time I was more sensitive, uh, to put it gently. And so getting moving again, um, and, uh, talking to Ralph intermittently and bouncing off, belief systems and whatnot and getting a healthy mindset. And I also had a very special community around me. Um, I was lucky to have a beautiful meditation community and mindful community that um, a lot of my friends were connected into. And that helped me learn how to be present and how to stay mindful through every decision I make, all of my movements. And it was kind of the best time for me to take those lessons and apply them. So ankylosing spondylitis became the best teacher I ever had in that sense of it forced me to be mindful about every physical movement. Um, I realized how directly connected my thoughts were to my physical state. 
So it encouraged me strongly to be mindful of my mindset and how I viewed things. Was I keeping, was I being conscious of my perception of how I was feeling, how I was reacting to things going on around me? And it was consistent in keeping me on my toes, to put it in a colorful way. Um, but it's, uh, the symptoms went away when I was open to my situation and moved beyond it. What do you mean by open to your situation? Something that I think is really important and, um, and I'm not alone in this. Peter says this um, a lot, and I'm, I'm not sure if Ralph uses the same wording, but um, acceptance and uh, accepting your current situation versus fighting it. And um, something that I had this uh, mental cycle that I would go through quite often, and um, it, it would repeat when I would begin to be begin to feel frustrated um, because whether or not I couldn't drive to the grocery store or because I couldn't walk to meditation or whatever it was, um, I would start to feel frustrated. Why am I in so much pain? Why do I have AS? I took such good care of my body all my life. I ate healthy. I didn't do drugs, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I would think, Jody, you're no more special than anyone else. You, there's no reason that you are above being affected by something like this, you know, and checking in with my ego. And then I would say, okay, I will, I will work with what I have right now. And I will, and I will, you know, it's that staying present and it, it took practice and it would, and those are kind of ambiguous words because it's, it's not applied to whatever specific situation was happening at that time, but that's the general sense. And each time I would go through that thought process, it would take less time and it would come more naturally. And I started to allow whatever was happening, uh, more and more and, that, you know, that's when flare-ups stopped showing up. And that's when I started doing things physically without even thinking about it anymore. And uh, just within a short period of time, I was doing really well. So acceptance is key. <laughs> yeah. Um. How did you change your, okay, you became aware of your thoughts. Was it, um, was it books that brought you to this realization? Was it uh, Ralph's teachings or Ralph's videos? Um, At that time, Ralph's videos were very, uh, had a lot to do with anatomy, um, you know, the art structure. It was... Um, and that was a key start. And I, I believe he was starting to think about big talk about 
big picture things and philosophy at that time. And, um, but I have to give a lot of credit to my meditation community too, because that's what kept me constantly in that space. Okay. A reminding of those things. And I had, uh, a wonderful, a few wonderful teachers who even to this day, I haven't really found a match for. Um, so I'm a really big proponent of that. Um, it, it's, uh, that's a huge difference. Um, to this day, that's, I miss it. I miss it a lot. Uh, The the meditation. Yeah. That That meditation. Because I learned so much. Um, and when they, it was, uh, directed towards the student body for the most part. So it was really applied to managing stress with the college and uh, in a space that I, because everyone has stress, but there's something about the timing of that in my life at that stage of my life and um, being able to integrate it. And I'm trying to remember if there was another part of your question that I'm not addressing, but I I forget. (laughs) Well, how... Why don't you tell me a little bit about um, speaking your truth and what that means to you and how that helped you overcome symptoms speaking your truth it's about being true to yourself um, and what in terms of all areas of life is so I don't even know where to start. I okay, mean, well, how, so- how is this? How, how does, um, in hindsight, sure. how is you learning to speak your own truth? How did that help you to recover? Mm, okay. Okay. I don't, okay. Uh, before I was, the first big lesson that I learned through AS, speaking my truth, was actually to say no. Uh, I didn't, ever consider it you know if someone asked hey can you give me a ride I always said yes oh you know I have a car right now they need a ride you know I should that is my good Samaritan duty to do that and even if it wasn't the most convenient time for me it was a super super basic example but um uh it was never putting myself first it was uh it wasn't until I couldn't physically leave my apartment that I started to tell people no. Mm. And it it's kind of crazy to think that it would take to that point that you would cancel plans or something somewhat <laughs> um, only at that degree. But uh, it, it, for, it forced me to look into what was going on with me personally, like, like in my face. And I didn't have any, any other choice. All my energy, you know, during a flare up, all I could do was make myself food, 
and attend to basic needs. And when you're forced to look at yourself at that level, um, there's no room for anyone else. And so from there, I started to look at what I needed to do for me. And it was so it becomes quite obvious when I'm doing better and when I'm doing things for me versus if I don't do that and I can't do those things. And and now it's 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 a it's more natural. Oh, and so to even be applied to more simple things that I'm now that I'm beyond the symptoms, it's okay. What job do I want to hold? What job is really going to fuel my soul? Not the job that I'm supposed to take because of what I studied in school. And this is the choice that's better for my career trajectory. It's what job makes me happy? What, and, you know, where does that passion come in? And that's what really, I'm not just free of symptoms anymore. I am living my life so much more passionately and to a fuller degree because I speak my truth and I honor what feels right for me instead of just going through life as a robot and being one with the crowd. And it's so it's it. That's why it's a, it's a, a big picture answer. And it's a very, very near and dear to my heart because it's everyone should be speaking the truth more. Right. And that's, um, and that's really connected to what you to- you were talking to me about another time about uh, what feels right to you mm-hmm. and knowing yourself. What what does that mean? What feels right, and how did that help? Yeah, that's hard. That's hard for people sometimes. And you know, people, I've had a lot of conversations. Well, I don't know who I am, and one of the first things I usually respond with is. Well, pay attention to what makes you happy. You know, start there. And um, a lot, knowing yourself comes from also observing yourself. And uh, that's a meditative practice too, being present and knowing what can affect your mood and whatnot, being present with observing how you feel when you do everything Mm. you're making food when you're taking a walk when you're around certain people how do you feel that's a good starting point (laughs) wow okay and that and that falls into the practice of being present yes yes so, I mean, it's a buzzword, it seems like, you know, these <laughs> yeah. days, but I think it's one of those things maybe that, you know, how would you describe that to perhaps someone that doesn't really have a clear understanding about what that really is? And is it really something? Sure. I think sometimes when uh, so you're not, when someone isn't clear on the definition, it's uh, helpful to say the opposite. So if you're not being present, you're anxious about something that might happen in the future or you're focused on something that's already happened. Um, And 
stopping. So being present is the opposite of that. Stopping, taking a few a moment to to, to not always react in an irrational way. To really s- slow down, observe yourself, and think about maybe why you're feeling that way. What is it that you're really enjoying right now? What is it that maybe you miss right now? And it's it's different for every situation, but it's um, it's a light. It's a very simple and life changing practice if you learn to apply it. I think the biggest thing is remembering to do it in a moment when you're. Um, feeling something strongly right. it's it's i think it's not so much that people might not understand what it is they just don't know how to start doing it and so something that i actually did that helped me a lot was i got a locket a necklace and um i didn't have a picture inside of it but what i would do is i would write little mantras so whatever my mantra was at that time um I remember having one that was making me so simple. It was, it is what it is. And if I was flustered or confused or anxious, I would, I would stop and I would think about the mantra that was in my necklace. And um, it had a sound to it as well. So I was, I was hearing it through the day. Um, it was a constant reminder to whether I needed it at the time or not. It was, but it was there to help me implement that. Mm. Cool. Is there, a, if someone wanted to learn how to be present or more present, are there classes? Are there, is there what's that? Absolutely. So like what, what kind, what would someone look up? Like meditation courses or what what is it like how do you learn that so much now um i saw my cousin had a really cool book the other day and i wish i remember what it was called but i flipped through it to you know she wanted me to check it out let it and let her know what i thought and uh it was like it was so basic and it just it gave a lot of different examples of meditation and they were super short and there were meditations for before you go to bed, meditations for in the morning, meditations for um, if you want a midday pick-me-up or if you're trying to make a decision. I mean, it had so much stuff. And I think I think what's important is to find something that you're comfortable with. It's not a one-stop shop. Because I've, I've talked with people and I'm like, you should find a meditation near you. You know, this really worked for me. And they went and they didn't like it at all. And their teacher was telling them this was the way that they had to do it. And that's that's not true at all. You know, I think uh, it helps to start slow, um, like in small, in small amounts, because learning to meditate is very different from our day-to-day activities it's a big it's a it's a big change um and 
I think it's great. I feel it's great for people to start with breathing exercises because you're, there's still a level of engagement. Um, a lot of people have this misconception that when you meditate, you're turning, you're trying to turn your brain off, and that's not true. You're act, you're practicing presence and just slowing down. And yes, if you've been meditating for maybe a very long time, you do have some ability to um, slow your thought to a, a much greater degree than most people um, and have physiological changes and whatnot. But I think it's important. The main thing is for someone who's starting is to do something that feels good and works for you, something you're comfortable with. And I suggest breathing exercises um, because you're still doing something. You're just changing your focus and your concentration. Um, and that can relax you so quickly. Right. I second that. Cool. I second that for sure. Uh, one great resource I came across, I don't know if you did, was Louise Hay. Which is she's got loads of stuff on YouTube. Anyway, it's just something I, I found. Name. I know her name. Oh I yeah. don't I don't remember specifically what I've listened to or whatnot, but I, I do I do like what she has. Cool, cool. That's good to hear. Um you talked a little bit before about living with or acceptance mm-hmm. and what that's all about and uh living without expectations. Oh yeah. How did that help you in in this? Recovery? Okay. Oh, I love living without expectations. Um, it's easy. I think uh, when AS symptoms get pretty intense, it's easy to get caught up in wishing things were a different way, right? And um, we still want to be person A, but now we're person B because we had different circumstances, right? And um, letting go of expectations, you, you never really, it was hard to plan things, right? Because you didn't know if you are going to flare up and friends want to go out over the weekend. And you're like, well, we'll see how I'm feeling. Um, and, uh, but it's, it kind of, te- it's actually teaching you to be present. Um, but I found that when I let go of expectation and, just ride the wave the universe kind of just tends to deliver things better than I could have planned anyways mm-hmm. <laughs> I living with expectation without expectation has shown me um, that when you're in alignment with what feels good to you and what your true passions are I just amazing things happen and I remember after graduating after finishing graduate school I was looking into jobs, and I wasn't sure where I wanted to go because I was, I was supposed to take this job in Hawaii, and two weeks before I talked to them, and it just, it, it, it fell through. Um, for various reasons, it wasn't, it was, it was, again, it was a job I was supposed to take because of the career trajectory I was on, and it sounded cool, obviously, because it was in Hawaii, but, um, I decided that I was going to do what I wanted versus what I was supposed to do. So I'm lost, right? I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to live now. What am I going to? Where? What job am I going to take? And I was looking at jobs in Denver and Phoenix, Denver, Colorado, and Phoenix, Arizona. I didn't quite know why, but those uh, cities kept popping into my mind, 
And then a week or two later, a friend of mine contacted me and he was like, oh, how's Hawaii? I was like, oh, actually, I didn't end up going out, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm looking into Denver and Phoenix. And they said, oh, actually, I'm traveling from Denver to Phoenix in like two weeks if you want to join. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I ended up helping him on the road. Um, he's a professional landscape photographer. And it was great. And I ended up helping him the rest of the for the next two months. And I got to see all the Wild West and what our country has to offer. And it was, you know, that being, I could have never planned that. But doing what felt right to me, going to Hawaii no longer felt right. And looking into these other things just aligned. And that is what I refer to as living without expectation and things aligning in a way that I could have not imagined myself. And in fact, usually being much better. Hmm. It's a a tough one. It's a tough one to to adjust to because we're so used to planning things, but it's, it's served me quite well. Yeah. Um, what's I gonna ask you? Uh, why do you think? Why do you? Okay, if if there was somebody that had AS, they're in a lot of pain, confused, having a hard time right now. Where would you tell them to begin? What are what are like what are three four things that you could say are going to make the hugest difference? Like mm. exercise, meditation, like the big things sure. that that helped yeah. you to overcome. Yeah, um, definitely talk with one of us. Talk with someone in the community. Consider uh, a health coach. Um, absolutely, um, and then move. Physically, definitely get moving. Um, whether it's walking, whether it's getting a personal trainer, doesn't matter where you start, but start. And from there, I would say meditation if it feels right to you. Um, but Focus on what makes you feel good and get rid of the things that don't. That includes people, places, you know, don't, you don't have to, you know, necessarily immediately quit your job. Um, Maybe, you know, life lessons that you could be learning right now might change your view and your perception, but putting, start prioritizing your well-being. And what really makes you happy. That is so important for anyone um, who's looking to get to embrace health and well-being. That's that's the core of it. And however that applies to you evolves to the person, um, their personal life. But I would say uh, those are not exceptions. Those have to be, have to be um, embraced. Okay. That's huge. Thank you for going over that. Yeah. Um, if you could describe why you think specifically you 
uh, that ankylosing spondylitis uh, came to you? Like, what did it have to teach you? You already gone over it a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I think we're a lot of us have similarities here. Um, my perception of this changes sometimes, but you know, obviously speaking my truth um, was huge because it, it connects to so much of my confidence. Also, another buzzword, right? Confidence. Um, but being able to be solid on my own two feet and speak my truth allowed me to have a grounded um, attitude. And um, that's just that foundation affects your whole life. And um, when you post-trauma, I feel a person's ability to make changes in their life and have that independence versus more of a um, helpless, victimized standpoint can be quite, quite unhealthy and damaging. Um, And I think that is what was at the core for me, um, fully um, learning to get past some serious trauma and uh, feeling solid in myself. Um, geez, if I could teach every kid that growing up, I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, every little girl, every little boy. Because um, that, that's still a lesson that I see myself applying all the time. Um, and some, you know, some people, they don't think twice about it. But for me, it's something I still notice a big change with in a good way. Cool. Mm. What's, uh, what's one big lesson, one big thing that you took away from, uh, uh, Ralph Ruiz? That anything is possible. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he was the, he was the, perfect example and teacher to bring to my attention that there's something I could do Hmm. and uh, I could be different I could be healthy again and um, you know I probably would have coped for a long time but um, knowing that I could heal really changed the game and so much magic comes for that, from that. Um, I really live a pretty magical life when, when I'm open to it and what's possible. Um, man, yeah, that one's tough to be. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I'm going to say. And, uh, Peter Winslow, what did you learn from him? I know you coached with him as well, kind of post yeah. Uh, symptoms. Yeah, Peter, man. Peter brought to my attention really how much uh, your emotions drive your body. 
your phys- the physical state of your body. Um, I guess before it was more about I was paying more attention about my mindset and whatnot, and um, that the, some trauma that had happened to me when I was younger was still there in ways. It, my, you know, I was mentally, emotionally, for the most part, um, pretty far beyond it. But my thought, I would physically react to things still in a certain way and certain situations. And uh, we talked about things like forgiveness and um, how that can be applied. And that really, that I in such a short time over a single phone call, I felt a big change in my energetic state. And, um, that was wild too. After, after cheese, like 15, 20 years of my body being a certain way and, you know, having these, what people, what you could say, these, uh, these problems suddenly vanish. It's just, it's brought, a whole new understanding of the mind body connection and how nothing is separate. Cool. Um, so you're, you've been coaching for a little bit or a while since you healed. I I understand or, and you're interested in doing more of it. What, go ahead. What are your thoughts on skepticism? Because I mean, that was a big thing for me when I was introduced. When I found uh, Ralph and Peter and Sky, I was like, "Are these guys the real deal, or is this a scam?" At least for me. So I'm sure other people are feeling that. What are your views on skepticism? Views on skepticism. Uh, I mean, it 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 makes sense. Um, I see why it's there. Absolutely, it's not that I. Uh, that's not that it confuses me, but um, it's it's set up in a way. I mean, in America, we're very focused on Western medicine, and Western medicine isn't designed around energy or a mind-body connection. They start, you know, uh, they tell people, well, doctors, they tell them you need to stay positive. But they don't really consider how far that can go, right? It's like they they know some of the positive mindset is going to do better than some of the negative mindset, my negative mindset. But it's really as far as they take it. Um, and so you you have someone, you have people in our community, AAS community, who are in a lot of pain, were tired, <laughs> um, frustrated. Uh, constantly consumed by medication and doctor's appointments. And then, then, then we show up and are like, Hey, we can help you with all of these things. And you don't have to listen to anything that the doctors are telling you. It's, it's, it's very, it's confusing. Um, but then you have, you know, for me, I already had that mindset. So when I came across Ralph, I didn't think twice yeah. that I could take this and that I could take my health into my own hands. I've been health conscious my entire life. Um, and then, you know, we have, we talk to people on the other side of the world from India and other places and 
they get it so fast because this isn't um, a foreign idea to them that it's so it's for me it, it at first it was a little hard to accept if someone had speculation because you want help um, but it's important to focus on the people who are ready and move from there and just really just live as an example. Um, so I, I think the skepticism will probably be around for a while, but I'm not going to force anything. Yeah. Just going to um, hear for people who want to be involved and, Anyone else can choose what, what they what, what they would like to choose, and that's okay. Cool. Um, one thing, uh, once once the pain goes initially away for people, because once it went away for me, I was I was like, what what the heck's going on? This is this is incredible. Um, and then you know it it came back, and uh, then. And then it went away. And then now it's been away for a, a like a while. You know what I mean? I feel incredible. So how does someone keep the pain from, once it's gone away, how do you keep it? Or how does, how do you move? How does it not come back? You forget about it. Okay. <laughs> forget about it. No. Um, uh, it's where you, uh, be mindful of where your focus is. And um, I call I call angles and spondylitis the best teacher I ever had because because of these lessons they taught I touched on before um, and I I think there was a point for me where it came back for a little bit and I I would say to those at that time that it's your teacher's coming back and uh, there's something about your life that you know, you're not balancing, you, you know, it's, 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 it could be compared to an addict, an addiction, you know, you, you may make progress just because that's a common one. People talk of, you may make progress, but it's easy to go back. And so what are the changes for you that are happening in those phases? Um, what are the life lessons? Are you tuning into what feels right for you, are you going through life like a robot? You know, are you forgetting how to really care for yourself and how to take care of this body? And um, and that it's if it's come back, you're probably holding on to something that you can let go of now. But the best thing to do is forget about it. Just just live. Just. Well, just keep doing what makes you happy, um, and it's probably not going to come back. Um, but don't worry about it. If it does, it's okay. Um, it, you've, you've, and, I mean, especially at that point, you've seen how much better you can feel. You've achieved that. You've, you've felt that. It's not going to go away, even if you feel some pain again. It's just, it's just another opportunity to practice tuning into yourself and um, so just check in you don't need to panic and uh, you, you, you can still reach that place that good place again that's alright cool um, 
Okay, kind of wrapping things up a little bit. Um, let's just quickly talk about Eckhart Tolle because you mentioned that you kind of were a fan and I'm a huge fan. What's oh, cool. A, what's that? Oh, cool, yes. Yeah, what's a big takeaway for you that you learned from that dude? Obviously, maybe not personally, but... <laughs> oh, I love Eckhart. He's... One of the things I love about Eckhart is that he's so personable for us. Um, you know, a lot of time, a lot of other teachers might live on the other side of the world or speak a different language and we're reading translations, but Eckhart is so accessible. Um, his books, he's, his YouTube videos and um, or on his website, I should say. Jeez, um, oh, I think I think he taught me a lot about acceptance as well. He's just um, sometimes I think of oh man, if I'm getting upset, I'm like how would Eckhart be handling this situation right now? He just like always keeps his cool. I mean, this is a man who was homeless for a while and just went with it. I mean, what, what more can you ask of someone? Um, and I love his book, a new earth. Um, and I, and I would just, I started listening to him a lot as well. His recordings and his practice. I don't know if I can name one thing that I, yeah. once that I took away, but I, uh, another story of being in alignment. Um, and, letting go of expectations. Uh, when I first moved to Colorado, I, uh, it was uh, a little before my birthday and I saw that Eckhart was going to be speaking in Denver that week. And I started looking online and I didn't, I hadn't started my new job yet. So I was, you know, being conscious of how much money I was spending after the move. And I thought, all right, tomorrow, if there's a ticket in this price range, I'll get it. And all those tickets were gone. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll look on Craigslist. And I didn't see any. And so I thought, well, I'll wait till the night or two before. And if something happens, if I see one, I'll get it. And if not, that's okay. And I called someone and they said, oh, you know what? I sold my ticket, but I, have, I might have someone who uh, will have one for you. So he gets in touch with this other person. The sweetest man was taking his entire family to see Eckhart Tolle. Tolle. Well, Eckhart. And um, he had an extra ticket because one of the family members was sick. And he was gifting it away for free. And they couldn't find anyone to take it. So he says, do you want this ticket? I said, oh, yeah, I'd love to go. So we, we meet up, his, um, he, I find him, and there's second row ticket, there's second row seats. Wow, wow. And, I, and um, he said, I didn't want to charge, I just, wanted, I just wanted someone to have this ticket. And he said, I knew the right person would find this ticket. And I told him, I was like, oh, I'm so excited, this is, this is what I wanted for my birthday. You know, Eckhart has helped me so much. And, and it, was, it was really cool. I mean, I left him. It was he was just as cute in person as he come as he is in his recordings and whatnot. And um, 
I love those soaks. I was like, oh my God, Eckhart knows my face now. I was second row, center seat. Um, and it was just, he was, I'd, if I ever chance to ever have the chance to see him again, I definitely will. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do that as well. I'd love to see him in person. Um, a couple more questions. If uh, What is the greatest difference between the person you were before this all began and the person you are now? Biggest difference. Oh, I'm so much mentally... I'm so much healthier mentally. Um, and that's so broad, but it's so true. And um, I'm just... I, I look at life so differently. Um, I don't take life so seriously either. Um, and I think that's in a good way. Um, I'm, you know, it's 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 being more open. It's being more grounded and stable and confident in my decisions and. Um, that stability is a much better way to go through life. Yeah. I'm so, so happy that these changes happened. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's clear. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And uh, if you had any um, advice for the person when you first started feeling symptoms, if you had any advice for that person, what would you tell them? Mm. yourself what would I tell myself yep um to relax it's gonna be (laughs) alright in a nutshell I mean Um, but uh yeah just uh it's gonna get better you're gonna learn a lot of great things and um ride the wave don't try to paddle against it just jump on your pat just jump on your surfboard and ride the wave because it's worth it it's so worth it (laughs) awesome uh and is there anything else you can think of anything you'd like to add or anything like that you feel that we left out i think a very practical thing to touch on would be um Remember base, Remember the basics sometimes. Um, something that's important for most people to hear. Um, people I talk about, just people in my life in general, um, basic care for yourself and your body, if that means, you know, structurally foam rolling, um, eating healthier foods, um, drinking enough water. You know, it, it sounds so simple but it they're not things that people tend to do um and those things are those things are important too for your energy your sleep um if i if i experience any back pain now just because i'm tight and i haven't moved and if i foam roll i immediately feel better i know that it's just structural imbalance um and uh, I I preach about foam rolling all the time. <laughs> I love it. I do it. I do it at 
it has gotten me out of some painful situations. Really? And it was, cool. Yeah, just foam rolling. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Just get yeah. on this thing and roll. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's true. People are like, well, how long do I have to do it? I'm <laughs> like, trust me, when you start and you realize how much better you feel, you're not going to put a time limit on it. Would you, would you go get a massage for 10 minutes? No. You would go for at least a half hour. You're, you know, so that's cool. I love hearing you say that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do it before and after I work out. And not for long. Just I just roll out those the IT bands, the glutes, the my back under my arms. Sure, yeah. Incredible, incredible. It's a game That's, game changer for me. It is a game changer. It is. That's great. Um. So I I feel like that's pretty much it. Unless you can think of anything else you'd like to add. No, it sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Real a real pleasure to do this episode with you same to you and uh perhaps we can check in again i think it'd be great i'm going to start doing revisits of people from before and so maybe we could you know get together again and do this again in maybe six months or something like that that sounds great i'd love to cool okay well maybe i'll see you before then maybe if you end up coming out to colorado that'd be wicked i would love that we should actually do that yeah that sounds fantastic Mm mm-hmm Maybe we'll do that in six months. Okay, yeah, we'll do in-person interview (laughs) of us both. Yeah. Okay, well, a real pleasure. I'm going to say goodbye to everyone right now. Thank you so much for listening in. It's been a real pleasure uh, so far and great to see the numbers and people are listening, and that's I think that's great. So uh, uh, we'll talk to you guys or whatever. You know, you can listen in another time. Okay, bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to subscribe to the show, or if you'd like, write a review. Let me know what you think, and uh, if there's any topics that you'd like covered, please let me know. Favorite episodes. All right. Bye-bye. The text and audio files contained in this program are for information use only. It is not meant to treat, cure, diagnose any medical health condition you may or may not have. For medical advice and treatment, please speak to a medical health professional.